Patrick Mahomes just got some more money. Uh, we got some ugly injuries on the running back front, especially. And we got some quarterbacks that are not looking too good after two weeks. But welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Safi Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Tyler, how's it going, man? I'm doing better than the Bengals and the Chargers and a lot of other 0-2 teams. I'm surprised <laughs> you don't have your Miami Dolphins pom-poms out. I'm doing great like the I'm doing great <laughs> like the 2-0 Dolphins, Tyler. Thank you for okay. asking. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, let's get right into it, man, with Nick Chubb's injury, a really, really ugly scene um, during the Monday Night Football game in Pittsburgh for the Browns. Uh, Nick Chubb's knee pretty much got given out after a really, really, uh, you know, serious blow from Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, during that game on Monday night. Uh, Tyler, this was an ugly, ugly injury, man. So ugly that ESPN and ABC, they didn't even show the replay of it after it happened. But you heard the reaction from the crowd among the Steelers fans. And I'm sure if you haven't seen it, you've seen it somewhere already. Um, just an ugly, ugly scene for Nick Chubb. Um, really, really, you know, bad moment for him, unfortunately. Uh, obviously, our thoughts are, are, are going out to Nick Chubb for sure here. And it's sad and it's very true because it, you know, just leads to the bigger conversation about running backs in the NFL here um, from this offseason, Tyler. You know, we've seen so many players in the league be really upset about their lack of pay or, how it is not lining up with other positions in the league. Um, and now it's not just Nick Chubb as well. Austin Eckler is dealing with an ankle injury. Saquon Barkley is dealing with an, in, an ankle injury. J.K. Dobbins is lost for the se- season with an Achilles tear, Tyler. Um, you know, just big picture, Tyler. You know, how do you think uh, Nick Chubb's situation, um, you know, either improves or does not improve? where running backs stand in regards to getting paid in the league? Well, first of all, prayers up to Nick Chubb. That was a gruesome injury. Like you said, his knee was, I mean, his leg was planted in the ground and it went the other way when he got hit um, on his knee. So it's his second really big knee injury um, in his career. He got injured in 2015 uh, from the Georgia Bulldogs. So you just, you know, you just hate to see that. Um, and like uh, Kevin Stefanski said, it's probably a season ender and maybe into next season. Um, but as uh, you said, like the running back position as a whole, I can see it on both sides where the owners and GMs have um, some reasoning why that they don't pay running backs. And the running backs definitely uh, – <laughs> you know, have a legitimate gripes to, you know, their stance too. I mean, the running backs, I say it all the time, outside of the quarterback, they have the most touches. And I know there are people that say, well, the center touch the ball every play. You know what I mean. They have the most touches when they get the ball behind, (laughs) when they get handed off, they get about 20 touches a game as far as getting carries and getting uh, catches out of the backfield. And when you have a position like that, the wear and tear on your body is extreme. You're getting hit by defensive tackles, linebackers, safeties 
almost every single play. And not to mention, on passing plays, when you're staying in a block, you're ha- you're having to block 300-pound defensive tackles sometimes and defensive ends running full speed at you. So you're getting hit. It's a collision almost every single play. And it, it's just it's hard for running backs. I feel their pain when they're trying to get uh, long-term lucrative contracts and NFL is just like owners, your shelf life isn't that long and the injuries are high. And you look at the evidence is there. Like you just said, Nick Chubb out for the year. Saquon Barkley out for multiple weeks with an ankle injury. Austin Eckler missed last week, might miss this week. Dobbins out for the year with the Achilles injury. It's just running backs. There, it's becoming a position where it's a battle of nutrition and they're losing the battle. And owners and GMs see that and they don't want to invest long term and pay them uh, a high amount, amount of money where it uh, hinders their salary cap and they have to pay them to sit on the bench and be on injury reserve. That's just how it is. Um, but I think the solution for all this is. When there becomes a new CBA, running backs have need the ability to be able to renegotiate their rookie contracts after one or two years. And I'd say meet in the middle at two years instead of four. Because you look at the running back position, that rookie contract, for a lot of them, that's the prime of their career. And they're exceeding expectations, not only year one, year two, year three. And by the time year four and year five comes around, teams are like, okay, You know, thank you for everything you've done for us, but you're now 26, 27, and the latter years, you're not going to be as good anymore. You're going to be a little bit old. You're going to lose a step, and we're not going to pay you any much, uh, much more other than that. So I think when a new CBA is up, running backs need to have the ability to renegotiate their deals. under, I mean, after two years. And I think that's the best answer. Well, Tyler, I got some bad news for you. And I got some bad news for the running backs out there as well. The new CBA won't be renegotiated yeah. again until 2030. Yes, I know. Seven more <laughs> years from now, right? They just agreed to this in 2020. And look, it's so hard for the NFL players and the NFL side to negotiate anything, as we saw from that 2020 agreement. You know, that happened recently as well. Um, obviously, the owners are going to try to strong arm the players as much as possible. Um, and we've seen this also with the uh, grievance filed from the NFL to the NFLPA this week, where the NFL alleges that players are, you know, either suggesting they're injured or, um, you know, playing fake injuries, so to speak, to, uh, you know, kind of sit out and kind of be free from, you know, potential injury, things like that, which is, you know, the NFLPA strongly denies this, sure. Um, But also we both know this is a long time, like negotiating tactic for players in the league that if you don't like your contract or you're not happy with your situation at the moment to kind of, oh man, my hamstring ain't feeling that great today. So (laughs) I'm not going to practice. I'm going to hold out a little bit, you know, Um, maybe avoid a fine, things like that. But Look, the, the running backs are, are in a really, really bad system. They're caught up in a really bad situation where 
teams will draft a running back, uh, you know, whichever, whichever round it is. Even if you like a first-round running back, go ahead and get him, but it's only a four-year, five-year commitment. Running backs are not really trying to pursue anything past a franchise tag or another long-term deal. Sure, there has been some exceptions. Christian McCaffrey has been one. I believe Nick Chubb got some money from the Browns as well. Um, you know, you're looking at Austin Eckler, who is not happy but renegotiated to stay with the Chargers. Saquon got a franchise deal, right, after Daniel Jones got paid. Um, and, and we've seen some other players who have either taken less money or taken what they could get, like Dalvin Cook joining the Jets, right? Um, so this is just a really flawed system for the running back specifically because, you know, right now we're going to talk about the next player that's benefiting, you know, the most from finances is, is Patrick Mahomes right here, Tyler. And Patrick Mahomes just got his money up in line with some of the other quarterbacks that have reached new deals this off season. Uh, it was reported on Monday, one day after Patrick Mahomes, had his 28th birthday, so happy birthday to him. But he has reached a new four-year agreement uh, with the Chiefs. Essentially, it's a little bit of an extension with a little bit of a raise in it. Mahomes will get $210.6 million guaranteed from this season all the way to 2026. Um, you know, his new deal is still kind of in line with the 10-year deal that he signed in 2020. That deal is not going anywhere, but they will revisit after 2026, and they should. Um, and good on the Chiefs for revisiting this in the first place because now Patrick Mahomes will make $52.65 million annually for the next four seasons. That puts him in line back into the top five. Previously, he had 45 mil, and I was in the lower top 10. Right now, he's below Justin, uh, excuse me, right now, he's below Joe Herbert, who's making $55 million annually, and right ahead of Justin Herbert, who was at 52.5 mil. So Mahomes back second annually. Um, but still first, when in regards to guaranteed money he's received since 2020 from the Chiefs, um, obviously you can see why this money is well-deserved, Tyler. You can obviously see why running backs are getting the short end of the stick here. Um, but what do you think about the Chiefs' new deal with Patrick Mahomes? I think it's a really good, good faith deal by them. Yeah, it is. We all know Patrick Mahomes deserves to be the highest play, pay player in the NFL. Um, but I don't really think that is that much of an importance to him in the grand scheme of things. Because when you look at the bigger picture, Patrick Mahomes is minority owner of the Royals. He owns uh, part of the Kansas City soccer team. His wife is the owner of the women's um, major league soccer team. So they're making a lot of money outside of football. And so when you look at Patrick Mahomes' endorsements and then his, you know, his minority uh, stakes in other franchises, Patrick Mahomes is not hurting for money, and he's never <laughs> going to be hurting <laughs> for money. So when you put on top, when you put that on top of what he's making on the football field, he far exceeds any player what they're making, uh, regardless of you know his NFL salary. Now, from an NFL perspective, and you know. Uh, quarterback ranking perspective you want your best player to make the most money especially on Patrick Mahomes level because that helps with negotiations you have quarterbacks saying okay well you're not Patrick Mahomes but you're a notch below you can make this much but when if you have a Patrick Mahomes type player he has to be able to has to be the standard barrier where okay this is 
the level that we need to be as a quarterback position. He like sets the market. So it's, it is important for him to be one of the highest paid or the highest paid player, but it is a good fake deal from the uh, chiefs. I did hear that they are going to revisit and probably make him even more money uh, in that 2026 uh, year. And then I also believe it's going to help them sign Chris Jones to an extension this offseason because it gives them a little bit more flexibility salary cap wise where they can take care of their best defensive player. And then maybe for Patrick Mahomes' sake, get a receiver next season because they definitely need a number one wide receiver. <laughs> well, definitely that's the case too. A shout out to the Chiefs for bringing Chris Jones back at a deal that he agreed to, right? He agreed to come back to that deal mm-hmm. and then paying Patrick Mahomes um, afterwards. I'm pretty sure Chris Jones is like, damn, where y'all get this money from? Y'all have it for me, but y'all have Oh, wait, okay, right. okay. I can understand why y'all have it for this guy, right? Uh, look, Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, it's crazy to think he was kind of the odd man out in the quarterback salary um, sweepstakes that kind of happened this offseason, but he was. At 45 mil annually, he was getting – uh, I believe the eighth most annually, right? Um, this new deal puts him, uh, you know, first in total value and, and guaranteed money, excuse me, which is really, really important. I'd rather have the more guaranteed money, which I think he's at guaranteed about 273, um, you know, so that's higher than Watson, higher than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But also it doesn't really matter if he's, you know, three, you know, two and a half million shy of Patrick, of, excuse me, of Joe Burrow annually because, you got the guaranteed money. Um, but still, this is a really good faith move by the Chiefs. Um, good for the Chiefs, not trying to pull like a Chicago Bulls, Scottie Pippen. We signed you to a seven-year <laughs> deal. You better stick to it, right, as we saw in the last dance. Hope you guys watched that one for that reference. But, um, you know, good for the Chiefs to do this and keep Patrick Mahomes up there. It reminds me of kind of like when Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney and Jimbo Fisher and all those guys were like, going after five, then six, then seven, then eight million, and everybody's trying to see who's got what. And Nick Saban had a clause in his contract that I have to be the highest paid of all time. So if Apple Sweeney's <laughs> getting a national title and a new money, I got to get some new money too. But um, this is good for the Chiefs. Good good for the Chiefs, good for Patrick Mahomes. Um, like you said, he's not hurting for it. But, um, you know, you still want to have that title. And if the Chiefs start losing or anything, you know, negative happens, somebody eventually will say, hey, you know, I'm Patrick Mahomes, eighth paid quarterback in the NFL, and then it'll lead to some some kind of animosity. I mean, be honest, mm-hmm. Tyler, you know, Patrick Mahomes might not be hurting for it, but when he sees everybody else, he saw that money flying with Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts first, excuse me, then Lamar, then Herbert, then Burrow. He's looking around like, all right, I, I, I need the pot sweetened a little bit for me too. I mean, I, I feel you on that. But when I look at Patrick Holmes and I see that big mansion that he has in the Kansas City area and then those basketball court, right, football field, I see those two <laughs> Super Bowl rings. I uh-huh. see him minority owners of multiple teams. Man, Patrick Holmes ain't hurting for money at all. Hey. Patrick Mahomes, if anything, it's an example for how these players should be spending their money, you know? <laughs> right, this, right. This offseason, I wrote a story about, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Derwin James getting into a, you know, a bicycle racing league. Um, and mm-hmm. whatever sport it is, man, whatever chance you can get a chance at any type of ownership, NFL players got to do it. I mean, shoot, even you listeners out there, too, you know, if you own your own business as well. you know, the Saka, what, what can we own? What can we own? We're going to own it as a football podcast. We're going to own okay. the uh, – we're going to own the best friendship in the world. 
We gonna own we some, uh, some like dinner bed stuff. We we need to speak. Yeah, dinner bed. We can own a restaurant or something. I, and since this we is, own it, I can give you dinner from our restaurant. You know what? That don't make no <laughs> sense because you don't like mac and cheese, and that's got to be on the menu for me. No, no, I mean it could be on the menu. I don't have to eat it though. Let's own a <laughs> let's own a Roscoe's in L.A. and then we can own something in Miami. What are we gonna own in Miami? I'm I'm down for that. That sounds like a great business proposal. Tyler and I will get back to business, uh, our personal business off It's a Football Podcast, but let's get back to it with the 0-2 teams, Tyler. 0-2, there's some teams out there that are off to some rough starts this season. In the AFC, we got the Los Angeles Chargers, your boy Justin Herbert, 0-2. Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, your boy, Tyler, 0-2. Uh, Patriots, Texans, and the Broncos, our boy Sean Payton, 0-2 in the AFC. Uh, Over on the NFC side of things, we got some expected teams there. The Bears, the Cardinals, the Panthers, all rebuilds for sure. But the Minnesota Vikings are also 0-2, Tyler. Uh, You know, Tyler, I wanted to ask you, of all these teams, nine of them in total, it's a long season, man. It's a long season, but let's have some overreaction. Which team's slow start is most concerning to you? I know this is your favorite uh, topic of the podcast because you had to throw the Chargers and the Bengals in my face and say they're my uh, boys, the uh, starting quarterbacks. They're your boys. So which team is most concerning? I will have to say, can I, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to pull up a uh, old trick I used to do on podcasts before, and I'm going to say the Bengals and the Chargers. Oh, both AFC teams. Yes, both AFC teams. Now, stop it. I don't know if you heard this stat, but the Chargers are the first team in the Super Bowl era to have 50-plus points and zero turnovers through two weeks and still be 0-2. The first team. 50 50 points scored or allowed? 50 points scored. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no they, they, turnovers they, offensively. Okay, okay. Yes, they, they scored 50-plus points and have no turnovers offensively and are still mm-hmm. on to. Now, they find unique ways to lose every single week. <laughs> it, it is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then on the Bengals' side, I mean, Joe Burrow doesn't look right. That's obvious. And they notoriously start slow with Burrow at quarterback because he's missed a lot of time in the offseason and preseason. But I would say the Chargers concern me because they had high expectations going into the season and they're not living up to expectations. They're underperforming tremendously. And now they go on the road against the Minnesota Vikings who also desperately need to win. And then the Bengals, now they've shown the ability to bounce back from the 0-2 start. But this 0-2 start feels a little bit different. You're not only 0-2, but you lost two games to divisional opponents in the AFC North. And then Burrow has a hurt calf. So you're not looking too great. And there's a question if Burrow even plays this week. We don't know at the time we're recording this podcast, but he might be out this week against the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl rematch. And if the Bengals don't have Burrow this week, oh, they're going to lose to the Rams. Because the Rams look pretty good, even with a young team around them. Uh, Puka, Puka and Tutu, <laughs> they have receivers <laughs> that can catch the ball named Puka and Tutu. And, Tutu. and yeah. those two boys are playing very good football for Matthew Stafford. 
And we all know what Aaron Donald can do on the defense end. He can wreck a whole game. So, yeah, the Bengals and the Chargers concern me. I would echo your concern as well. Um, let's talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals first. I thought it was really interesting to hear Jamar Chase say that he thought the Bengals should have rested Joe Burrow even more. And, you know, maybe the first week or two of the season. Um, that's very telling to me. Um, and then when I look at Joe Burrow's injury of the calf, I can't help but think of Aaron Rodgers because the calf muscle is attached to the, you know what, at the bottom of your foot. And I don't want to say it because I love Joe Burrow. I don't want to put that out in the air there. Um, but that injury is really concerning to me because, yes, it would be horrible. Catastrophic. It would be, it <laughs> would be horrible. It would be horrible for the Bengals. On top of Joe Burrow's body of work lets you know that like he's going to improve and get better as the season goes on. And whenever Joe Burrow has a hot game, the Bengals are riding high, right? Like you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. T. Higgins blew up for two touchdowns last week. Um, and Chase was a really good possession guy in that game too, but they still lost to the Ravens. Um, they're already down 0-2 in their own division. So I'm concerned about that. Like right now they're playing for like a 5-6-7 seed. You know what I'm saying? Unless they can really, really turn it up later on this year. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned about the injury. It would suck if Burrow had to miss Monday night's game against the Rams, um, especially at home. I know he's going to want to play. But, man, this is a guy. This is He's a franchise guy. You just paid him a boatload of money, $275 million, right? Or that's what it's been agreed to, and we just spoke about how much he's getting paid annually. He's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Um, so I, if I'm the Bengals, I need to protect that investment. I need to listen to Burrow. I need to stop him from himself. You know, if it's one game, two games, by all means, go ahead. But I'd rather have one or two games in the rest of the season if I'm the Bengals. The Bengals have the worst total offense in the NFL. With Which is surprising. Joe, with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and Tyler Boyd. And you just paid Orlando Brown to be your star left tackle. They have the worst offense in the NFL through two weeks. That's <clears> telling. That's very telling. And then when we look at the Chargers, Tyler, you got like one of the best offenses that's 0-2 right now, dog. <laughs> look, at, look, Justin Herbert's played bad in both these games, though. No, you can't say that. Zero turnovers. Tyler, how, you, go back how is that go bad? Back, go, go three in completions and, and, and winning time against the Titans. And then so against you, the Dolphins. And then against the Dolphins, you had a uh, – what's that rule called? The um, intentional grounding. And then you had a field goal and zero points in the fourth quarter when the Dolphins are charging. Look, so the, you're the Chargers. Take... Go ahead. The Chargers are bad defensively, mm-hmm. right? They're good mm-hmm. to a point offensively, but they're a step behind with Kellen Moore, first year offensive coordinator. But when I look at the Chargers, their biggest issue is the whole entire team and Brandon Staley. All the last four or five losses have been less than four points, Tyler. They got a bunch of three-point losses. They got a bunch of – I got a one-point loss in there as well, maybe even a two-pointer. They're losing by a possession the last five games, including their playoff loss to Jacksonville. To me, that's a bigger issue, or to me, that just needs some more incontinuity on offense. Um, it's hard to make that issue not a big five-game issue, you know, stemming back to last year. But when I look at this season, too, Kellen Moore's the new, you know, uh, shoestring that's – Joining, joining the team, that offense is going to take some while to get used to. 
But if you look back at Burrow's play at the end of the last two games, I mean, he has not been spectacular. Let's not get that mm-hmm. twisted. So, yes, yeah. I'm right. Justin Herbert messing up. <laughs> so Yeah, too much money. For, he's choking. For, first of all, uh, <clears throat> shameless plug. You had a perfect segue to my column on the Chargers. And I, I, I agree with you to an extent. Now, Justin Herbert, the knock on him thus far in his career is when it's winning time, he doesn't make those plays enough to put his team over the top. And that's a lot of onus on a quarterback. But when you're getting paid, one of the highest paid players in the NFL, you got to have those like Patrick Mahomes type plays where I made a play and willed my team to victory. That's the Mm -hmm. expectations for a quarterback like Justin Herbert because we put him in that same tier with the top quarterbacks like a Patrick Mahomes. And so Patrick Mahomes make those plays. We've seen Joe Burrow make those plays to a lesser extent. Nobody makes them as much as Patrick Mahomes. But we've seen other quarterbacks make plays when it's winning time that lifts your team. Justin Herbert has to do more of that. And, yes, he had an opportunity against the Dolphins, did not do it, and had an opportunity. No, he didn't. And had an opportunity against the Titans and didn't do it. However, However, I can't fault him for scoring more than 50 points in two games and having zero turnovers and the Chargers losing. The defense is terrible. And Brandon Staley is a defensive head coach of the Chargers have the worst defense in the NFL. Like I said, yeah. I think Tyree Kill is still catching passes on the Chargers. And I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I think I just saw yeah. him running around Inglewood by the stadium catching passes. And I'm then sure. two was thrown like they two. made Ryan Tannehill look like a revitalized Brett Favre or something, the way he was dropping dimes on the the Chargers. And the deep passes, it is bad. It is bad. The chart, I put more of the blame on Brandon Staley in the defense than I do on Justin Herbert. They have to step it up, especially when you have a defensive-minded head coach and you have Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James on the other side, and your defense is the worst in the NFL. That's on Brandon Staley. Yeah, definitely. Through... Uh, two games so far, the Chargers have allowed 877 total yards, which leads the NFL. Mm-hmm. And their 63 points allowed is third most in the NFL. And who's allowed more? The Giants and the Bears. So you got two really bad teams, <laughs> you know, and, and the Chargers are in that company. I think they do turn it around, though. I think the Chargers, because you're in so many close games, you either continue to lose close games or you eventually learn how to win them. I think the window could could turn for them. They got a good opportunity this week against the Vikings. That's a, that's going to be a crazy game to talk about, and we'll talk about it later on in the show when we make our picks. Uh, Tyler, I'm tired of talking about these trash teams. Let's talk about the 2-0 teams, man. Let's talk about the 2-0 teams, Tyler. Look, we You're got a bunch of teams part. that are 2-0. We got a bunch of other teams that are 2-0. And the NFC, they got plenty of them. Got plenty of them. Seven NFC teams. Six, seven, yeah, wow. Did not expect this from the NFC, but it is early. We got the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles. And now get ready for it. Get ready for it. We got the NFC South in the building. The Atlanta <laughs> Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are also 2-0. and And we got one more team you might not expect. The Washington Commanders. Shout out Eric Bannon. 
Sorry, that's not Amazon. Sorry, that's different, different family. My bad. Shout out Eric Benemy. Shout out new new Washington ownership. Shout out Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson in the building with a 2-0 team. That's right. over in the NFC. And in the AFC, we only got two teams. We only got two teams because most of those teams are 0-2. We got the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins, Tyler Dragon. Oh my goodness. Tyler, would, would you like to would you like to go or you want me to go stop it? Tyler, I'll go first. I'll go first. The team's hot start that is most impressive is to me. I wonder. I wonder. It's got to be the Miami Dolphins. It's got to be the Miami Dolphins. Look, I'll be honest with you. Look, uh, the Cowboys and 49ers have some easy games. 49ers' first game was pretty easy. Cowboys' second game was pretty easy. Uh, The Dolphins had a rough schedule, man. Dolphins had it rough, going all the way to L.A. to beat the Chargers, going all the way up to Boston to beat the New England Patriots. It's a new day in Miami, Tyler. I'm very impressed with the Dolphins. I'm very impressed with Mike McDaniel's offense. And I'm also very, very impressed by two other teams, Tyler. And and I'm going to talk about more about the Dolphins all season long, much to your chagrin for sure. But... Man, I'm actually really, really um, – it's cool to see what the commanders are doing in this new age for them. Um, shout out to them for having new ownership, a new direction, putting all of that horrible, nasty, uh, unfortunate, embarrassing past behind them. A nice 2-0 start is very, very um, good for the commanders. And um, I- I'm really impressed with the Buccaneers as well. I think a lot of people slept on Tampa Bay – Myself included. Good for Baker Mayfield to be 2-0 and this week. Um, Bucks still got a nice little squad around them. Defense is okay. They got a defensive coach. Um, and you still got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, which is a lot more than most of the other NFL teams have. Um, I'm surprised by those two teams. And I think, um, you know, both of them have done a really good job. I think the Saints still win the NFC South, though. I'm surprised to see the Falcons doing this well. But that NFC South is going to be entertaining if you don't like good football because that Panther-Saints game was horrible last night. And then, uh, excuse me, and then, uh, you know, shout out to the Dolphins, of course, man. I think the Ravens injuries, do. we're going to have to re-record all of this, aren't we? I was going to say even the dogs don't like your picks. <laughs> Go ahead, Tyler. Take it over for me before we get some more action here. So um, even the animals in the background didn't like your uh, picks office. So I, I will I will say that. I, I hope um, you let that right. I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a couple teams here again. And of course, start, of course, that's what you always yes, do, Tyler. Of course, of course. And I'm gonna start with the AFC. Um, I'm not going to pick your Miami Dolphins. I am most impressed with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, they had a new me. they had a new offensive coordinator come in. Pretty much a new receiving corpse with uh, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, and they're two and zero. Now the first win, uh, Houston Texans. You should be Houston, but they went up to Cincinnati and beat the Bengals, and they pretty much were the team in control throughout the entire game. And the Bengals have had their number recently and won a division two years in a row. But Lamar Jackson looks revitalized. And he's like, y'all think Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in the division? I right, we're going to see. we going to see. And that defense is playing really well, too. I really like the 
addition of Zay Flowers, that rookie. He leads the team in uh, receiving yards right now. He's doing, he's playing very good football as a rookie. So I would have to give it to the Baltimore Ravens just because uh, they're living up to some of the expectations and maybe exceeding them a little bit in that division. They look like a legitimate threat in the AFC. Now, in the NFC, I hate to do this, but the Commanders, I think they're a little bit of fool's gold. And <laughs> I, I think the Bucks are a little bit of fool's gold, too. Now, I agree. both teams, they're going to come back to reality real quick. I, when I look mm-hmm. at the Bucks' next three games, Safi, they play the Eagles, the Saints, and the Lions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eagles this week, that's an L. They're yeah. going to lose their first game this week. They're probably oh, yeah. going to lose to the Saints, and I would bet that they lose to the Lions too. So that's three straight L's right there. When I look at the Commanders, you know their next two games? They play the oh, Bills God. this week and then the Eagles. They're going to lose both of those games. They're going to they're gonna fall at <laughs> two and two at a blink of an eye. Now, uh-huh. shout out again to Eric Bieniemy. He has this offense playing a lot better with a lot more continuity. They're, you know – they, they're doing a lot better than what I've seen last year. But those teams, they're going to fall to reality really quick. The teams that most impressed me in the NFC are the Cowboys. You put a 40-piece in the New York Giants in week one. Micah yeah. Parsons is looking like a defensive player of the year, and the Cowboys' defense is number one in the NFL. And then the San Francisco 49ers, who are number one in my NFL power rankings right now, they start off with two row games. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh uh-huh. and then yeah. a divisional opponent, Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. I really like what the 49ers are doing right now. I think they're the best team in the NFL. It's really cool how you, you know, you took what I said about the Dolphins, just changed some words when I had the 49ers in there. But I would <laughs> yeah. have to agree. I would have to agree. I think when we do a power ranking of the whole NFL, I think San Fran is number one. Um, I think they got tested by the Rams, but it was a good test for them to keep them humble. Um, but they do have a dynamic offense, and their defense is the best in the league. Um, I would caution on the Cowboys. Then the Cowboys got it really easy because they didn't have Aaron Rodgers in week two, but they are really good. They look a lot more improved like last week, uh, um, a lot more improved from last season. I think the Cowboys may not be such a laughing stock this year, surprisingly as they have been in previous years uh, because they are kind of going into this, like with another season under their belt. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to be the Eagles. They, they were struggled a little bit against the Vikings in that first half of the Thursday night game last week, but pulled it out and, and really put up some points on the Vikings as well. Um, I'm concerned about the Ravens injuries. Obviously they have a whole slew of injuries. That franchise just seems really cursed by it all, uh, to be honest. Um, but I obviously, you know, I think, um, I think the, the, those three teams, excuse me, I think the Ravens, uh, have a chance to really, really outplay everybody in the AFC North because they kind of have a heads up, uh, a kickstart on all those other teams. Right. Like, I don't know if Cleveland or Pittsburgh are either good, bad. Cause I know, I know they're not great, but I don't know if they're bad or good. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that game was in the twenties last night. Um, they kind of went back and forth. Obviously, Pittsburgh's offense isn't good, but they're going to rely on T.J. Watt on the defense. And obviously, Deshaun Watson has a whole other corner. He needs to turn 
um, because he's been atrocious in his first eight starts with the Browns. So I don't know how bad or good the Steelers or Browns are. And we don't know. The jury's still out on the Bengals for sure, despite their body of work. But I do like how the Ravens have started this year. And uh, if that AFC North is a little less competitive than what we all imagined, I think the Ravens could make a run. But they are just really injured all the time. Man. Yeah, the positive news for the Ravens is outside of J.K. Dobbins, most of their injured players are going to come back this year. And when you look at the other teams in the AFC North, like the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb, unfortunately, is not coming back. And Mm -hmm. we really don't know the extent of Joe Burrow's calf injury, and he could miss some games. And you already have uh, up two games on the Bengals. So the Ravens, they have a little bit of a head start. And I think once those players come back, they'll even extend a little bit more. And I, I do believe they're going to win that AFC North, like you said. Tyler, let's talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously, the Monday night game was an opportunity for him to kind of show the NFL world that he still got it. Um, you know, obviously had a had a game win, potential game-winning drive um, on the table and, uh, you know, did not show up you know, to the plate. Um, I saw this, Stephen A. Smith was reading off the stats on Herbert and, uh, excuse me, on Watson. And um, it's just kind of incredible to see, you know, 69.2 quarterback rating right now. It's 30th in the NFL. Only, um, he's only better than Zach Wilson and Bryce Young right now. Um, And his last eight starts, Deshaun Watson is four and four, um, completed only 55, 57% of his passes, excuse me. Same amount of touchdowns as turnovers, nine each. Um, and this is a player that's making 46 annually, $230 million guaranteed. And the Browns paid three first-round picks for him as well, too. Um, I, the thing with Deshaun Watson is concerning to me because it's, we know the layoff and we know how much he's been you know, gone from the game. But also, you had a whole offseason after getting your feet wet last year. Um, and, the, you know, this has kind of been the performance, you know, through the first two weeks. The Browns are one and one. But I was not really impressed by Deshaun Watson last night, Tyler. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with him either. And right now he is underperforming, especially that huge contract that he got. But I'll say this. I hear a lot of people saying that it's the worst contract in NFL history. And Deshaun Watson is a bust. He's not going to be good anymore. I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit and give him time. Two years is a long time away from anything, let alone playing quarterback in the NFL. And not only was he away for two years, he was going through a kind of stressful situation. We all know it was self-inflicted, but that situation was serious and definitely stressful. And that takes a toll on on anybody. So, With all that under consideration, I think Deshaun Watson should get granted a little bit more time to see if he can reach the level of the Houston Texans days. And I think he can. Last night, even though it was a subpar performance, there were glimpses of, oh, I remember that guy in Houston. That pass that he delivered to Amari Cooper on the sideline, that was his best Pass that I've seen since he <laughs> became that was quarterback. It though, Tyler. Of the that was Brown. That no, was he had it. a couple other. He had a, a few other me. nice passes to Amari Cooper, and then that scrant that run 
scramble for a first down. He, then he had another one for a two-point conversion try. So I saw some glimpses. There weren't a lot. There weren't a lot. There were not <laughs> a lot. Say that. There but not a lot. At, at, at least now we're, we're seeing glimpses and signs of the Deshaun Watson of old, vintage Deshaun Watson. Last year and a limited sample size, we didn't see it at all. We didn't see it at all. So maybe four, five games, six games in, we start seeing a little bit more. But now the spotlight is definitely going to be on him because yeah. he doesn't have Nick Chubb to rely on anymore to hand the ball off to. I agree, Tyler. It was a moment for him to kind of show that, all right, I still got it. I'm worth all this money you guys paid me. I'm worth all this trouble I put you guys through, right? Um, both Houston and Cleveland. And he didn't step up to the plate. Um, and obviously, you know, the situation, you know, lends to it as well. T.J. Watt is a, is a monster, right? He's a man among men. Um, and and the way that Deshaun Watson was pressured last night, six sacks, a bunch of other pressures right there. It was times where Deshaun Watson had to look and see where he was and get rid of the, you know, get away from the pressure more than he could look down the field. Um, you know, his head was not up at all because he was too busy looking at what's in front of him. Um, you know, so that's something that comes with time and reps that he hasn't had, as you said, self-inflicted. Um, you mentioned um, that Amari Cooper passed. It was a good pass. Yeah. He had another one to the other receiver on the other side of the field as well. But like anything past 20 yards, I didn't really see much accuracy or, or touch from Watson either. There were some long passes in that game where there was nobody around. And there were some passes where you thought either, okay, I thought he was targeting somebody, but it was a throwaway. Um, <laughs> and and you're, you're just not sure with Watson because of the layoff too, right? Um, but, you know, we, we spoke about Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert earlier, and, and Deshaun Watson's still in this mix now, man. Guys are playing a lot of money. You know, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. And to be, you know, 0-2 in Burrow and Herbert's case and 1-1 in, in uh, Watson's case and, and, and throw up a dud on Monday Night Football like, you know, he did in the fourth quarter there, um, you know, you're, 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 you're wondering if these were the right decisions and all this, this, this pressure and, and – of the stakes at hand all play into everything for these guys. You know, this is a lot of money. There's a lot of things that are happening here. And a lot of things are at stake for these teams and these franchises. And, um, you know, it just makes you think about it all, Tyler, when, when the moment is, is so big, kind of like how it was Monday night for, for Watson and kind of how these two L's Justin Herbert has taken, man. Okay. Hold on. Hold on, Sander. I, I got a question you on this. So I, I, I can see. I can see if you're wondering if Deshaun Watson was worth 230 million guarantee, but you're telling me you're starting to wonder if Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are worth that money. No, no, no. Are you not not starting to wonder? Not starting to wonder. Okay. Not starting to wonder. I'm saying those guys are definitely not rising to the occasion though. No, no, they're not. They're not. They're not. But I will say more so on Joe Burrow. Now, yes, Justin Herbert has to be able to make plays on winning time. But Joe Burrow has looked bad. And he has his calf injury to blame. But uh-huh. I can't say What does Herbert Justin Herbert have bad. to blame? I don't Besides but I can't OC. say he's I can't I can't say Herbert's performed bad. I can say that he hasn't made winning plays when it mattered the most. But overall, he's played decent. Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson, they played bad. 
they've played bad. Now, they have somewhat of an excuse because of what has happened. Uh, so I, I will give them that, and that's why I'm giving them a little bit more time. Justin Herbert's played bad too, man. I can't say he's played bad. So if the so I'll say so let me let me ask you this question. Let me flip it around. If the Chargers intercept Tua's pass on uh, uh, when they pass a Tyree kill that go ahead score and then they run the clock out running the football because they ran the ball good on the Mm -hmm. Dolphins. And if the Chargers defense also stops. Ryan Tannehill from throwing two long bombs on them, and they're two and zero. Are you still be, are you still going to say Justin Herbert played bad? They'd be two and zero. They would be. Uh, would you still say Justin Herbert played bad? I would. Of course, I would. Of course, I would. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, man. No, if Justin Herbert didn't deliver, what would you say? He didn't deliver, but okay, so he he Justin didn't deliver it in a clutch. But Justin that's like that. This is like the old. Go this ahead. is what I was trying. To, this is what I was trying to get you to say because you're saying Justin Herbert played good, better than Burrow mm-hmm. and Watson. Okay, I mean for three and a half quarters, yes. And what I'm saying no, for, is because for four and a half. Herbert, because uh, a three and a half for both games individually is what I meant. But <laughs> when it was winning time for Herbert and against the Dolphins late in the fourth quarter and against mm-hmm. the Titans on Sunday, Justin Herbert didn't perform well. He had an opportunity to give his team the lead and the win, and he didn't show up. But that doesn't take away what he did for the entire game. The totality of the game it is it does he performed because you got the well. He performed well enough to win, but didn't perform well enough in winning time. It's kind of like when people argue about LeBron James in the clutch. Now LeBron is really good through three quarters, and every now and then, sometimes he doesn't come through. In the fourth quarter, but that didn't take away what he did yeah. through three, through three and a half quarters. You might not want him to take the last shot over Michael Jordan, but you want him on your team through three and a half quarters. <laughs> so Justin Herbert, he has to get. He's in L.A. He has to get that Mamba mentality, that yeah. Jordan closer mentality, yeah. where he has to be able to close these games and will his team to win. And LeBron has that to an extent now, but. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert needs that. And I think that's what separates him and Patrick Mahomes. If he gets that, then watch out. It separates a lot of quarterbacks from Patrick Mahomes for sure. Mm -hmm. Tyler, Tyler, you let your L.A. bias show at the end of our podcast here. (laughs) It's okay. We understand. We know you love LeBron. We know you love Justin Herbert. We know both guys are definitely, uh, you know, able to avoid – Strict criticism from you because you got the bias. Just like, just like, just like, you know, the Dolphins are 2-0 and they're the best team in the NFL right now for me, you know, for my First of all, you you love LeBron when he was winning championships for the Miami Heat. Now, didn't you? Of course I did. Say yes. Okay, good. Okay. Of course I did. You know know that's my boy. You know that's my boy before he was your boy. (laughs) Tyler, let's get to our favorite part of the podcast it's our game picks of the week tyler let me tell you right now you you did bad the first week you did bad no no no. let's talk about that second week let's talk about the second week though tyler let's talk about the second week because tyler dragon my man you were five and oh five and oh five and oh last week safadine was four and one four and one i took an l last week 
What was the? Oh, let me look that up real quick. I believe I picked the Jaguars over the Chiefs. What? Why do you guys even listen to this podcast? I feel like you picked the Bengals too. I feel like I picked. No, no, we both picked the Ravens. Sorry, I told you you had a chance to change the Ravens pick. That's true. We both picked the Ravens. Um, So Tyler, you caught up to me. You caught up to me after a one and four start. Tyler, you are now six and four in the in the uh, yearly standings. Your boy is still seven and three. Sorry, you still got some catching up to do, but that's why we're going we're going at it right now in this week, Tyler. Mm-hmm. All right, we I'm just ready. spoke a lot. We just spoke a lot about the Sean Watson at length, and on Sunday, one p.m., the Cleveland Browns are going to be hosting the Tennessee Titans, who are fresh off their first win over the season over the Chargers. Uh, Tyler, this is a really, really interesting matchup for me. We got one-on-one teams. We got AFC teams that have some playoff aspiration that are kind of borderline, maybe lower tier from the Chiefs and Dolphins and everybody else. Um, I'll put Bengals, Bills in the next tier, and then I put Titans, Browns, and everybody else after that. Um, But this is a big matchup, big AFC matchup. Titans and Browns, who you got? So this was a tough matchup for me to pick, but... I believe that the Browns are still kind of reeling over the Nick Chubb loss and they are going to have to kind of find their offensive identity. I don't know if they can be as run oriented anymore. And the Titans still have Derrick Henry, who's one of the best running backs still in the NFL. They're going to rely and lean on him. I like how the Titans play up front, not only offense, uh, but defensively. I got Tennessee to win this game close. You know, Tyler, I love disagreeing with you. I love disagreeing with you at all costs. Um, but I'm going to pick Tennessee as well here. Give me the team that won a close game and can win a close game. Um, that's what I got in Tennessee right now. I know the Browns won in week one, but after seeing them really close on Monday night, I don't like that. I, I don't like where their offense is right now, just depending on Deshaun Watson. And I think Tennessee has that little bit more of a moxie behind Mark, Mike Frable that uh, you know allows them to give the edge there. Uh, Tyler, let's go over to Green Bay, and the Packers will be hosting the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Um, the Saints improved to 2-0 with the win over the Packers last night. Derek Carr regime is going off to a good start so far. Meanwhile, the Packers took a loss in Atlanta last week. I really hope we're still recording. Uh, Tyler, who you got in this matchup with the Saints visiting the Packers in Green Bay? This is a, another tough game, but I have the Saints. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in this pick, but I like the Saints, how they play defense and their versatility on offense, especially when uh, you can run the football with Taysom uh, Hill. I think Derek Carr has a lot of weapons at his disposal as well. So I think overall the Saints are playing better, and plus the Packers are dealing with injuries, especially on the offense side of the football. So I got Saints. I agree with that, and I agree with that, and I understand where you would have some concern on Green Bay, but I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to take the Packers at home in this one. Um, Saints going back-to-back weeks on the road. I don't like that for them. Um, Also, Jamal Williams dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, is this the first game Kamar could come back, or he has to sit this one out too? He's got a three-game suspension, right? Yes, he has three-game suspension, so right, he has cool. to sit so, this one out. All right, cool. I, I like how Derek Carr is kind of throwing these long passes to the outside to these receivers, but it feels like that's kind of all they had or needed, uh, you know, in the first couple of weeks. 
I'm taking Green Bay in this one. I think Jordan Love has a nice bounce back game after uh, losing in Atlanta last week. That um, that QB sneak that didn't happen was really, really hilarious and a bad moment for Jordan Love too. But I think they got enough with AJ Dillon and those receivers to make it happen. Okay. Uh, Tyler, let's let's talk about a, a, a let's talk about the 0 and 2 teams here. We got a big 0 and 2 matchup between the Los Angeles Chargers visiting the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday as well. I kind of want to see how this game unfolds, man. I really want to see how this game pans out. This is two bad teams that are kind of a little bit, not not so much a transition. Well, yeah, transition for both teams. The Chargers are, you know, welcoming their new offensive coordinator, like offensive coordinator, like I mentioned. And the Vikings are, you know, dealing with life after Dalvin Cook and an 0-2 start as well. Tyler, come on, just go ahead and take your Chargers. Let me, let me know which team you're taking, man. The Chargers have let me down for two straight weeks off it. And that defense can't stop a nosebleed. But the Vikings can't hold on to the football. They have the most takeaways, I mean giveaways, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm almost done with the Chargers. I'm about to get off the bandwagon. I'm real close. You're real close. They're like, um, they're still, they have me hanging on by a thread. So I'm going to pick them. But if they lose this week's off it, I'm going to, I'm, it's gonna be some furniture moving. Oh, you go you go throw some things around, huh? It's gonna be it's gonna be some furniture moving if they lose wow. because you can't let me down three straight weeks in a row. Yeah, no, I hope your boy Justin Herbert doesn't do that either. Uh, Tyler, for that reason alone, I'm gonna take the Vikings. Um, <laughs> <look>. <laughs> the Chargers are due for a win, yes, and I think this is definitely the game they could win, um, for sure. Um, but just to go against you and Justin Herbert and everything. That I love. I'm going to pick the Vikings in this one. Um, look, I think, but from a football standpoint, I think, you know, Kirk Cousins needs a bounce back game. Justin Jefferson needs a bounce back game. We just saw, um, what's that, cornerback uh, J.C. Jackson get torched week one against Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't think Asante Samuel got anything for Justin Jefferson either. I think the Vikings light it up on the Chargers. And I would also say that I think Brian Flores has a nice little scheme for Justin Herbert and this offense. You just you just want to see the Chargers lose, and anything you can to bring up the Chargers and Dolphins, you will. I, I have noticed that. Hey man, you, you moved to LA, so I, I know you still got to move some furniture around. So that's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, we got a little bit of a surprise game here. I think this could be a little bit of a surprise on Sunday, but we got the Buffalo Bills one and one coming off their first victory over the season last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Heading down to Landover, Maryland, where they're going to face the Washington Commanders, who are, who are, who are 2-0 this season. Commanders with a win over the uh, Cardinals in Week 1 and a win over the Broncos in Week 2 in Denver. Big win by them, put up by at least 30-something points. Um, But we also saw the Bills rebound last week. Tyler, who you got in this Bills-Commanders matchup? I love the DMV. Got family there. Got college there. Got went to college there. Mm-hmm. But the, the the commanders are fools' goals off it. I, I hate to break it to everybody. I think Eric Bieniemy has done wonders for that commanders offense. But overall, they're not as good as the Bills. The Bills are still one of the top teams in the AFC. They showed why last week against the Raiders. I got the Bills winning this game at least by two scores. Ooh, two scores. I like that. I, yeah. I could give the I could give the Bills a ten point win in Washington. I could do that. 
Um, I'm also going to pick Buffalo as well for all those reasons that you said. Um, it, it is nice to see what the commanders have done in the first two weeks. I was really impressed by the Denver game, especially how they held on late. Um, and honestly, we put the commanders here so we could talk about them just a little, little bit more. And we didn't talk about <laughs> the Bills at all this week because they were not bad. Um, but I, I'm going to take Buffalo as well. Hopefully, Josh Allen and that Bills offense um, continues to find its other weapons outside of Stefan Diggs. And hopefully, the Bills can go to 2-1 and one, uh, for our stake in the uh, games of the week picks that we have. Last one, Tyler. We spoke about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but it is going to be a rematch of the 2021 Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Rams are going to visit the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. Um, we also have another Monday Night Football doubleheader um, this week. Eagles and Bucks will have the early game. I thought we would have picked that one, but I think we kind of know who's going to win Eagles Bucks. So we're here with Rams and Bengals. Tyler, I'm going to make my pick first. I'm going to make my pick first. Um, I think Joe Burrow plays. I think he shouldn't play, but I think Joe Burrow plays. Um, And I got the Bengals falling 0-3, man. I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to ride with the L.A. teams. I'm going to ride with Puka and and, and Tatu or Tutu. Two two. And, uh, two two Atwell. Two two Atwell and Puka. How do you say Puka's last name? Na- Puka Nakua. Nakua. Wow, what a name. Puka Nakua. This guy, this guy 26, 25, 26 receptions already this year. He's like the leading <laughs> receiver in the NFL, man. <laughs> yeah. Rookie of the year candidate. Rookie of the year. This guy is, they found Cooper Cup 2.0 in this guy. Or, or, they found 2.0 in this guy. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to take the Rams in this one, Tyler. I think the Rams are going to come off that San Fran loss, uh, kind of hungry for a win. Um, and I think I think Matt Stafford still has enough, uh, you know, to kind of help them along this season. I don't like how the Bengals have started, but this is going to be a tough game. This is going to be like in the 20s. It's going to be an ugly one. Um, I could even see how the Bengals went with Burrow, but I'm going to take the Rams in this one. So two things, Southett. One, I don't like the doubleheaders on Monday night. Especially yeah. running simultaneously, I, I, I don't like it. I, yeah. I mean, just put a game on Saturday, or maybe put a game on Tuesday if you just want a doubleheader on Monday night. I rather just have a game on Saturday or a game on Tuesday. Let's not do the doubleheaders, especially simultaneously. Um, now, g- getting to the pick, you surprised me, and I'm mad that you surprised me because <laughs> I don't. I if if Bur- could I do a caveat? If Burrow plays and if Burrow doesn't. The picks don't work that way, Tyler. The picks don't work that way. Uh, fine, fine, fine. I, I'm i going to pick the Rams in the Super Bowl rematch. That Super Bowl game was very good. This game uh, has lost a little bit of star power from that game. Uh, oh, definitely not as important. Uh, but it is a national game still with bright lights. But I think the Rams win. Aaron Donald has a big game because the 49ers, they put a whole bunch of attention to Aaron Donald. And he did not register uh, a sack or uh, I don't even think he had it. Maybe he had one tackle. It was a very quiet game for his standards. But overall, I do think the Rams have a bounce back game, especially with how they performed. And people forget how good of a coach Sean McVay is because he has those young players, those low round draft picks, those undrafted players, young, inexperienced, unproven players playing well. And I think they're going to play well on Monday night and get the win in Cincinnati. How about one caveat? Aaron Donald can swing a helmet. You think uh, that helps the Rams? 
No, it does not help the Rams because if Aaron Donald is out of the game, then uh, their whole defense <laughs> is going downhill fast. I agree. I agree. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. We've been so happy to have you. Uh, be sure, if you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app and all your apps that you can find. Um, you know, you can find all your latest news and updates on your favorite teams with the USA Today Sports Plus app. If you haven't already as well, share our podcast. Spread it around to all your friends. Let them know, hey, Tyler doesn't like the Chargers. He's just like you. Or, Salvat's a big Dolphins fan. You should listen as well. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Bye.